Welcome in Main Street Sports today is presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday, and it has been a wild and wacky Wednesday already. <laughs> oh man, hope you guys are having a fantastic midweek. The front half is gone almost. We're about we're an hour away from, from halfway through for us. Mm-hmm. Next couple of days, getting ready for Christmas, and yeah, I, if you're not ready, you better start. Like I'm you know, not. Like the person who has a full roll of wrapping paper over here that has not been opened. So you, you only got one roll of wrapping paper, so you're gonna just use one roll of wrapping paper for everything. Mm -hmm. That way, I know who it belongs to. You know who it came from. And who it belongs to. Oh, so you're only wrapping for one person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and me and Sarah have already wrapped all that. That we have we have three different wrapping papers that will be under the tree. But everything in X paper will be for Sarah and everything in Y paper will be for whomever. Your mom or your Correct. dad or, or we have we have That's boring baby shark wrapping paper for Charlie. Baby shark Christmas wrapping paper. Mm -hmm. They got little little hats on everything. It's cool. And uh, then we've got then we've got a couple of other wrapping papers. It, Chan's not getting a whole lot. She's just gonna tear paper, and we'll let her open our gifts, I guess. But it's She'll fun to buy that. for a one year old. It, like it, bath toys. Like what do you get them? Clothes and bath toys. Because here's the thing. All the toys that they would ever want, Charlie already had. <laughs> so chances. But, and see, that's the thing. That's where number two really. They get screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you just get the leftovers, kid. Oh, Sorry. That's tough. But, like, what do you do? Matter of fact, I think we're going to start a tradition this year that you have to leave a bag of toys for Santa to take. <laughs> In order to get new toys. Uh, <laughs> so that way we can. Recycling what, Whatever toys you guys don't play you, with anyone, we'll throw them into a bag. you got to make room for the new toys. The, then we'll take them to Goodwill or someplace like that and hopefully downsize the number of toys we have in the house. Or if not downsize, at least just maintain. Oh, it would be great. It would be great because it's it's getting rough. It, <laughs> we got two living rooms full just of stuff. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, hear so you. it's it's. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not completely ready. At least I have bought all the gifts I'm going to buy. So now all I have to do is just wrap them. But all you have to do. That's the yeah, That's the tough part. Mm. Let's not mm. let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So anyway, if you have not gotten your wrapping done. Sorry. You still got a little time. You got a little time. You better start. But the, the, I like to be done with wrapping by Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do it on Christmas Eve. I have. That's the worst time. It is. It really is. Because then there's that, am I going to get done or not? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost. So it's it's funny that you say Because, you know, obviously we're used to working on deadlines right but i like to work up to the deadline sometimes like i'll, I'll write i'll write a story on sunday night for monday's paper you know? I'll, write a sunday, I'll write a story on monday for monday's paper but anyway we, yeah we, we, we got to get this done but I, I work better when i know that like it's it, you know 
if if I if I have to I have time, it's just it's not going to get done mm. as well. It'll get done better if I wait to the last minute. That's just that's how my brain works. Yeah, it, it's funny how procrastinatory people in this business are. <laughs> it really is. And then when you start working at a weekly newspaper, it gets even worse because. You don't, oh man, we got all week. <laughs> exactly, and then Sunday, and then it's Sunday, like, oh, and it's crap. like, oh, I've not done anything. We we ain't got all week. We <laughs> yeah. got sixty hours, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, I hope you guys are having a good time. We are <laughs> obviously getting ready for Christmas. I'm looking forward to. We got a good show today. Joe Sullivan's going to join us. It'll be a little bit later than his typical time. But he's still going to join us. We're going to have the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. And no, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've got six stories down here ready to go. So, <clears throat> so will we get to all six of them? Uh, no, no, we won't. <laughs> I'll have to pick. But Florida woman is definitely happening. Uh, that's that's a thing. It's definitely happening. But yeah, so Joe's going to join us. We'll talk with Terry, of course, at Teresa Walker here in just a moment. And not had Teresa on in a while. She's kind of been a stranger. We haven't had Teresa on in a while. We, you know, we have talked about all of the things that we typically talk with Teresa about with different individuals, but it's always good to get Teresa's kind of perspective mm -hmm. from she had because she has to kind of have a 30,000 foot view right, of, of everything. a lot of stuff. So yeah. it's interesting to see how she sees things that, you know, maybe she's not embedded with the Grizzlies like she is the Titans or with UT or Vanderbilt, et cetera. So, and boy, uh, Joe's going to have some stuff to talk about today, isn't he? <laughs> I, I don't know how much I really want to get into Vanderbilt at this point. Uh, it's, it's, I got a feeling Joe's going to have some things to say. I just, I just feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. So, oh man, and much, much more coming your way. So let's get into it. We've got yesterday's results, some of today's results, and today's schedule, and some of tomorrow's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Girls basketball action from Tuesday night. Clarksville defeated Clarksville Academy 68-23. The Lady Wildcats move into nine and zero. With that victory, Collinwood with a 55-52 win over Franklin down at the Loretto Girls Christmas Classic. Eagleville defeated Community 49-39. It was Giles County 59, Harriman 51, Mullen of Colorado 45, Harpeth Hall 21, Overton 66, Kip Nashville 1, Kirkwood with a 45-25 win over Trigg County, Kentucky. FC Boyd defeated Lancaster Christian 60-17, Loretto at its Girls Christmas Classic defeated Moore County 58-45. Macon County with a 45-42 win over Richland. McEwen defeated Santa Fe 57-46. Ensworth 37, South Gibson 29, Summertown 71, Mars Hill Bible 54, and White County defeated Tennessee Heat 75-35. The Lady Warriors improving to 12-0 with that win. I know this because I was checking out some undefeated teams earlier today. Speaking of earlier today, Wilson Central earlier today defeated Burke's Catholic of Pennsylvania 50-30. Columbia Central 11-1 following their 52-31 win over Brentwood Academy at the More Than Basketball Tournament down at Lipscomb Academy. Ezel Harding with a 71-44 win over Ravenwood. It was Livingston Academy 71, Lawrence County 62. Summertown with a 62-22 win over Collinwood. And Green Hill defeated Watertown. 
Boys action, Eagleville down community last night, 77-46. It was Collinwood 69, Kalioka 60. John Overton 71-35 winners over Kip Nashville. Ezo Harding a 64-43 win over Lancaster Christian. Macon County edges Richland 56-50. And Santa Fe in a very historic night for the Wildcats, or at least one of them, and a 62-51 win for McEwen. Full coverage of that game and the milestone on MainStreetMurray.com. Page <clears throat> doubles up UMS Prep or UMS Wright out of Alabama plus two, 52-25. Yeah, 69-37 is the win for Creekwood over South Gibson. White House Heritage down Springfield 61-35 and York Institute a 74-41 win over the Tennessee Heat. Earlier today, Franklin was a 76-42 winner over Knowledge Academies and Ravenwood 56, Clarksville Academy 54. Men's basketball action from yesterday. It was Indiana State defeating visiting Tennessee State 90-69. Western Carolina is not welcome in this state anymore. Apparently. Um, went into Memorial Gym, came out with a 63-62 overtime win, right? Over Vanderbilt and this one did not go overtime. St. Mary's 71, Middle Tennessee State 34 out on the West Coast. Women's basketball on Tuesday. Tennessee with an 85-63 win over Wofford. And Fisk defeated UT Southern 66-60. Bowl action. What bowl was this? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Never mind. Texas, San Antonio 35, Marshall 17. It was on, in Texas somewhere, Frisco. Was the Frisco Bowl? Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah. Okay. Um, on the ice, Vancouver 5, the Preds 2, and <laughs> welcome back, Ja. 34 points, including the game winner. Six rebounds, eight assists? Or was it eight no, rebounds eight. and six assists? Six rebounds, eight assists. Okay. 34, six rebounds, yeah. Okay. 34 points, six rebounds, eight, eight assists as the Grizzlies won 115-113 at New Orleans. Today's schedule, doubleheader action tonight at 6 o'clock. Go figure. Ooh. Oakland is at Gallatin. Six, girl, six o'clock girls, boys to follow. Girls only today, Dixon County and Laverne. Have tipped off at two o'clock, as did Hewitt Trustful and the Lady Huskies against Blackman. Uh, Deschler of Alabama is at Loretto at two thirty. Metcalf County of Kentucky and Good Pasture at three. Merrill Hides at DCA at four. Portland welcomes Lawson at four. Jenkins, Kentucky and Rossview at four. Page and Florida State University High. Out of you guessed it, Florida <laughs> at four o'clock. <laughs> Grace Franklin is at home against McGavick at 5. Hendersonville and Springfield at 6. Brentwood, Stewart's Creek at 6 as well. 6.30 is Farragut and Rockville. Uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Davidson Academy and Cheatham County. And then tomorrow morning at 9.30, bright and early, Hamilton Heights and Blackman. And then at noon 30, it's Cannon County, Laverne. Noon 30. That I've is. never heard that. Well, it's, it is what it is. Boys basketball only. Tipping off about 10 minutes or so ago. Canning County is at Lebanon. Coffee County is playing Nolansville at 3.30. Jemison of Alabama plays Friendship Christian at 4. Hazel Green plays Centennial. Also at 4, down at Lawrenceburg, it is the Alabama School of Cyber Technology and Columbia Central. 
And Chris, I was really kind of counting on you knowing something about the Alabama they, School of Cyber Technology. They started, the school started in 2019. I ain't been down there, but it is in Huntsville. I know that. Surprise. The cyber technology schools in Huntsville. There you go. But, but yeah, that that's makes all, all I know. sorts of sense. Okay. Um, let's see. University School of Nashville plays White's Creek at 430. Kirkwood is at Blackman at 5. Also at 5, Knott County Central of Kentucky plays Westmoreland. Franklin Classical plays Cornersville. That is at Mount Pleasant as part of their um, Christmas Classic over there. Um, also at 5, Ensworth is at Knoxville Webb. That's 5 Central, 6 Eastern. Um, Tennessee Heat plays Grace Christian of Knoxville at 5. Farragut plays Rockvale at 5. That's either at Riverdale or at Siegel. I'm not sure which. Um, East Hickman boys play Grace Christian at 530. At 530 at Siegel, it's Summit and Forest, and it's to you. Down in DeKalb County, home of Randy Owen and the group Alabama, Fort Payne is the Bulldogs of Smyrna. They'll play the hosts at 630 tonight. Summertown and Jackson Christian at 630. That is and at Mount Pleasant as also well. Also at Mount Pleasant? Okay. Mm -hmm. Grissom of Alabama. The T-Grays are at Mount Juliet at 6.30. Columbia Academy takes on Butler, Kentucky. That's not Butler, Kentucky. It's not Butler, Kentucky. No, it's Butler Prep of Illinois. It's at 6.30 at the, FN, at the FNB Bank, the First National Bank Bank Holiday Classic at Marshall County High School in Benton, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Providence Christian takes on Jackson Christian at 7. Also at 7 is USJ at Lawrence County. 7.30 tonight, Lipscomb Academy at home against Martin Luther King. Pope Prep takes on Siegel. Springfield and Hendersonville at 7.30. At 8 tonight, it's Lebanon hosting Shovel. Mount Pleasant at home against Franklin Christian in their classic. And Maplewood Riverdale at 8.30 tonight in the nightcap. Tomorrow morning, Franklin and Cookville at 10. Shovel at Blackman at 11. Smyrna, again, still in Fort Payne against South Atlanta out of Georgia at 11. Clarksville Northeast and Bearden at 11.30. And Joe Burns, White House Heritage at 1.30 tomorrow. Men's basketball, tipping off a couple of minutes ago, it's Brian at Lipscomb. You can see it on ESPN+. Plus. Also on ESPN+, Plus at 6.30 tonight, Arkansas State is at Belmont. Women's action, 1 o'clock tip. Dayton is at Memorial Gym taking on the Commodore women of Vanderbilt. New Mexico State is at Austin P. They're playing right now, started at 1. Also can be seen on ESPN+. Plus. At 4 o'clock, Lawrence Tech is at Cumberland. And at 6.30 on ESPN+, Plus, Middle Tennessee State women take on the Lady Norse or the Norse women. It's just Norse. Oh, just Norse. They're just Norse. Just Norse. Okay. From Northern Kentucky. And that's your rundown. Top Stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your deli lunch, your fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and much, much more. All cost plus 10 at the register. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Top story today, we'll start with the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Players of the Week. Carson Newman's John Zao. Zao. Z-H-A-O. We're going to go with Zao. I love Zao. that his first name is John. We're going to go with Zao. Scored 20 twice 
last week as Carson Newman won twice on the road. Had 23 points in an 83-73 win at Tusculum. Followed that with 21 points against Anderson, South Carolina. Um, averaged 22 points and six boards in the Eagles' two victories. Was 19 of 23 from the floor. That's that's wild. As a guard. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Um, on the women's side, Jada Gwynn scored 24 points for the Lady Mocks of Chattanooga in a win over Lipscomb, 19 points in a win over Eastern Kentucky, 43 for the week, and has led Chattanooga in scoring through their current nine-game win streak, the second-best start in UTC history. She has scored 10-plus in every game this year. Um, also had nine rebounds and five assists against Lipscomb. Currently ranks second in the SOCON with 18 points per game and 22nd nationally in field goals made and 28th in total points. So, Carson Newman's John Zhao, Chattanooga's Jada Gwynn, the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Men's and Women's Basketball Players of the Week. Congrats to both. Congrats to both indeed. Um, before we get out of here, I want to mention some notable signings from earlier today from around the mid-state. There's a full list available on MainStreetPreps.com. You can check that out. I, I got to give a shout out here to Grayson's, Grayson's parent. Grace Sun Beach. That is a phenomenal way to spell Grayson. Mm -hmm. I would just, I just want to give him, give, give the parents shout out on that because that, that is unique. I'll switch it up a little bit. I'll, I'll, that's if you're gonna do something unique, this is a good way to do it. Make it, don't, don't change one letter. Change the whole word, and I am cool with that because that way I can remember. Oh yeah. He's the guy who spells it like that. Yeah, like this, yeah. And so he's headed to Austin P. out of Pearl Cone. Uh, Caleb Beasley, who is apparently an early enrollee at Tennessee out of Lipscomb Academy. Oh, so he's so going to get there for bowl prep. He's getting there. I think he's already there. Okay. I think he and several others are already on Yeah, Boo Carter is there. And, as well as Jacoby Thomas and uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. So plenty of early enrollees for, for UT. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah. Uh, Grant Chadwick headed to Middle Tennessee State to join his brother, and I guess the kicker, the the, the kicking will continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another. Middle also got um, a Pearl Cone kid. Yeah. Zion Simpson Smith. Yeah, I think they got two. Did they get two? I think they got two. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Want to, of course, mention Jordan Davis from Columbia Central headed to Ball State. Uh, Elijah Groves did sign with NC State. Ashton Jones, uh, what is he, Minnie McCaffrey? Mm -hmm. Love that. <laughs> Headed to MTSU. Thomas Jones of Smyrna, hope he gets back from that injury that he suffered against uh, against Independence Indeed. in the first round of the playoffs. He's headed to Vanderbilt. Uh, <clears throat> Cruz Law to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. His brother's over there. Yeah, that's, that's always interesting when – it just seems like a random place for me here, you know what I mean? Uh, but Luke Masterson's headed with him. 
over there. John, Jason Overton, the other Pearl Cone kid, headed to middle. Okay. So, yeah, Zeon Simpson Smith, the Mr. Football finalist. Did finalist. He, yeah, I don't think he won it. No, the quarterback uh, won it. That's right. Uh, Bo Smith and, is headed to Brown in Wisconsin Academy. Got to give him credit there. Good for him. Yeah, you got to you got to give those kids a lot of credit. So yeah, those are some of the. Uh, Signings that, as I just kind of scroll through this list off the top of my head, and again, there's a full list on MainStreetPreps.com. You should go check it out. And again, plenty of great players who will continue their their playing and, and academic careers. And anytime, doesn't matter where you go, whether it's you know, we've got kids going to VMI kids going to Washington University in St. Louis, but none of that matters. If somebody wants to pay you to go to school, let them. Take it all day, every day. So uh, your parents will thank you. They will indeed. They will indeed. <laughs> so congratulations to all of those who have signed in December uh, and those who are still yet to sign mm -hmm. that will come up between now and February and of course in February. So looking forward to, to seeing where uh, the remainder of our local kids end up uh, playing their collegiate ball. We'll take a quick break unless you've got anything that needs to be said. Uh, not at this point. Teresa Walker will join us on the other side of it. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. 
Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in, folks, to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday. And, and some of us shouldn't be left alone during the break. <laughs> we, so. <clears throat> there I go, strolling, scrolling Twitter again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are wont to do, yeah. Gotta stop that. You do. Yeah. You really do. You yeah. never know what's going to pop up. But it is wild and wacky Wednesday, and I do need some, 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 some ammo. So <laughs> we'll get there. But... Before we do that, we need to get to our next guest, Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. What's up, Teresa? Well, guys, I'm coming to you from the glamorous facilities. You know, we're in this new building for the Titans. There's the media workroom. People are busy working because practice isn't over and we're all filing. And and uh, the, there's a quiet room. And guess who's joining you at the top of the hour? Terry McCormick has the other room. So since he's on with somebody else, I'm joining you from the glamorous. Yes, the restroom uh, near the media workroom. So uh, if there's a little bit of an echo, apologies. There is a little bit of an echo, but that's okay. We appreciate your industriousness in getting on with us. And um, as you mentioned, we do have Terry at the top of the hour with his Titans report. So as much as I know you'd like to talk about Titans, we're going to find something else to talk to you about because there's plenty. I, what would I know about anything else that's going on in the state of Tennessee? Well, you know, we're going to take a chance. Okay. Um, Josh said that he didn't want to have any kind of historical game coming back. All he did was hit the game winner. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and, and it, was, it was funny because, you know, it, I included that in my story Friday because, yes, I did go down on Friday when he spoke for the first time. Uh, and, and, and the reason he spoke Friday instead of, you know, they had a, that was their last home game in Memphis, so that's a nod to the local media. And then, you know, they played Monday night in OKC. That was the 25th game that he had to sit out, and then he's back in New Orleans. And, you know, they're down 24, and you see the jaw effect. And, yes, he was gassed late in that game because while he'd been doing five-on-five, it's not game speed. Mm -hmm. And... But you, you know, that's the thing. He said that he said on TNT, it's like I wanted to dish the trip, which is Jaron Jackson Jr. And they're like, no, you do it. And and he did it, and he finished it, and he's that guy, and that's why. I mean, Draymond Green, LeBron James are tweeting. They were, you know, let's put it this way: people are happy to see people in the NBA who knocked him and the Grizzlies out in each of the last two playoffs are happy to see him back on a court because they know what he can do on a basketball court in the NBA and why he is so much fun to watch with a ball in his hand. And it's like, he's that guy. 
That's why we are all hoping that he can stay on the basketball court and be that next generation. I mean, he is that guy. He is the next man up in the NBA, if as long as he can. And he said it on Friday. You know, how do we know? And he goes, words aren't going to do it. Only actions. And it's not. And here's the thing: on the court, we don't doubt what he does on the court. It's off the court. And only time will tell if he can make sure he stays on the court. Well, clearly when he's on the court, he's a difference maker and look no further than last night. Um, I was trying to see, I'm trying to pull up a box score to see how many points, um, not points, how many minutes he played. Because you talked about, you know, conditioning and game speed and that kind of thing. There's no way to replicate it. But um I think it was 36 because I'm 34, okay. 34 minutes and 34. 46 seconds, 34 minutes, 34 points. And they needed him because now there's a chance there's a report that Marcus Smart, you know, who, who was hurt November 14th in a loss at the Lakers. They also lost Xavier Tillman for a few games. Luke Kennard was hurt in that game. He is still out, uh, but they look like they're getting Marcus Smart back hopefully later this week. Um, so it's like they're getting healthier, but that's the thing. Their injury list has been about as long as the players available for games. So, you know, that was their seventh win of the season last night. And you're thinking before he comes back, it's like, my God, will they be able to even make up the ground to get into the 10th spot into the play-in tournament, uh, play-in games. And then you see that and you're like, I don't know why they can't. I mean, it's, it's, I can't hold them out now after watching that performance because he brings that juice. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain have been carrying this team on their backs and managed to get six wins. And now you've got Ja, and you see what he does. He can dish it off. He can drive to the basket. You know, that game-winning drive, you know, he switches hands and goes to the left and, and maneuvers around the defender. I mean, it's just, you know, it was amazing what he did, and that's why he's so much fun to watch. And that's why, guys, last night was one of 12 national games uh, on TV for the Grizzlies. Uh, strangely, they had one before his suspension ended, 12 of them after his suspension ended. Not a surprise. They know why they won. And, and strangely enough, that was the number one and number two picks of the 2019 draft, Zion Williams and John Morant, only the seventh time these two have been on the court in the same game, mostly because Zion hadn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bowman Joint. You mentioned um, Jackson and Bain have kind of carried the Grizzlies through that first 25 games, and it seemed or looked like they both kind of benefited from being in secondary roles last night. Jackson finishing with 24 points, Bain scoring 21. But you mentioned, um, you know, Bain also encouraged Ja to to be the guy on that final possession. I mean, it, it was pretty much unanimous. And I kind of like the fact that Ja wasn't looking to be the guy, but they encouraged him. No, dude, go get it. You know, go get us this win. Because that's the thing, you know, they call it in Memphis, call 12. They know what he can do. 
And, you know, yeah, maybe they're a little tired. Again, I said they've been carrying the whole franchise on their back for the first 25 games of the season, but they know that he can finish. And that's the confidence. And, and guess what? It also helps them remind Ja, dude, we trust you. We know that you can go finish. So it helps. It's a, it's a confidence boost for Ja that they believe in him, they trust him, and then, yes, Ja goes and does that. And if you if you watched his lips, as soon as he finished and was standing there as his teammates got, you know, surrounded him and celebrated, I'm back. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of served two purposes there. You know, remind him that he can do it, that they trust him to do it, and that he can go do it. So it's like it took care of a lot of issues last night for him and for that Grizzlies team, and who, by the way, are back home tomorrow night in Memphis. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see this team grow and what they can do um, because, you know, they still don't have Steven Adams. He's out for the year. You know, Brandon Clark is, is recovering from an Achilles. Uh, they, it, I think they out-rebounded the, the Pelicans last night. You know, if you've got that box score in front of you, I mean, they, I know that they had 62 points in the paint which had been an area of, of, of struggle for them, rebounding the ball, threes. I mean, they were struggling in a lot of areas, and it's amazing what the presence of 12 can do for that team. Uh, and, and then if you get, you know, Marcus Smart back, a couple of weeks ago, Marcus is yelling at that bench. It's embarrassing how they were playing, and yet he comes back, and that, it's amazing how this vibe can change uh, that quickly. And I'm really curious to see how this – it's must be TV at this point. The Grizzlies were plus three in rebounding last night. Got a team high of eight out of John Conchar. Conchar. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, you mentioned it. You, you got to wonder what the juice is going to be like tomorrow night at the FedEx Forum for this game against the Pacers. I'll say this, Mo. It, 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 there were lots and lots of empty seats the last couple of weeks of this suspension. People didn't want to go. They weren't going uh, because there was nothing to see. There was, I mean, D. Rose was back for a few games. He's back hurt again. I mean, you know, he is what he is, the former MVP. Um, you know, whatever you, I'm curious to see what they end up squeezing out of him this season. Uh, but uh, they brought him in for a very specific role, and they had to lean on him too much when he was available. Uh, mm-hmm. People weren't going. I'll make you a bet that pace is packed tomorrow night because, again, must see Ja. And, and you, when he's available, you, want to watch, you can't miss it because you don't know what you're going to see. Uh, a week ago Monday, he was in a Memphis court, and an attorney is showing you know video of him trying to dunk over Kevin Love, seven foot Kevin Love, and you know that's another part of what makes this. You want to be there. You can't see it. I'll make you a bet that tickets are. It, you know, shoot. The team president tweeted out after that game. We got a game Thursday night in Memphis, so I, I got you. I got a feeling seats will be filled tomorrow night. And for the rest of the the rest of the season, because why one man, John Moran? And it's the only game in Memphis for a minute, because after this game tomorrow night against Indiana, they go to Atlanta on Saturday. They go back to New Orleans Tuesday after Christmas. Then they're at Denver and at the Clippers before they get back home on New Year's Eve against Sacramento. So if you want to see them while Jai is still new, 
tomorrow night is the game. And good luck getting the ticket. Yeah. yeah, if you don't have one, you're probably not getting one. Exactly. And and if you're wanting to go, look to the next to the new year. And uh, Lord, I, I hope that uh, you know John doesn't visit the particular club that he was at March fourth in the Denver, Denver area uh, as part of that road trip. So I'm gonna tell you uh, what though. I, I'm going to say this. There would be worse ways to spend New Year's Eve than going and checking out the Grizzlies and the Kings and then hanging out on Beale. Yeah, there are much worse ways. Yeah, so. True. Just a thought. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Exactly. Are you going down tomorrow night, T? Is that a given? No. I am not going down. I did go down for the uh, news conference on Friday because, you know, I've got all these little tools and, and gear. You know, I was able to shoot videos up right on front. Uh, if you saw some pictures, I was the person in this white vest right on the front row shooting video and using some of the tools that I've got so that I was fast filing because, strangely enough, John Morant talking for the first time, you know, in months, essentially, was trending in yeah it was being carried live i think on on espn and i was filing as fast as possible uh clay bailey who has worked for me and for the associated press since before i joined ap over 34 years ago will be at that game and uh, i am more than caught he knows what he's doing so they don't need me to go down for that were you the first question do you get that mm -hmm. at grizzlies as well or is that strictly a a Variable Titans thing. It's a more of a Nashville thing, shall we say? Oh. Uh, I didn't realize that it had migrated beyond the Titans until I, you know, when uh, the uh, FIFA or the soccer head came as part of that site visit. You know, they they tossed the first question to me. The problem was the question I had was from one of my soccer colleagues, and it wasn't. And you know, you, you want to kick off news conferences with a ease into them, okay? I've been accused by some people on social media of asking softballs. Guess what? You don't kick the door in on news conferences. Uh, like today, I did ask Mike Grable, you know, how's Will, is Will going to practice today? How's he doing? You know, sometimes there's a time for a hard question. Uh, Mr. Gianni Infantino, or whatever his name is, was not very happy with my question about taxpayer <laughs> support uh, for the World Cup in 2026, let's just say. So uh, I do get that more here, uh, not so much in Memphis, and I'm cool with that sometimes. It's okay. Give me a chance to do, you know, I was busy writing away. You probably heard my fingers tapping if you, you know, depending on where those microphones were. Yeah, you know, just want to throw it. Speak, speaking of Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies not the only team doing well in Memphis on the hardwood right now. The the, the Tigers mm. are on that the come up right mm. now. You got you, big win over Virginia Tech, and you know obviously that's Virginia important. Tech or Virginia was it? Virginia. Virginia, Virginia. Sorry, yeah. number twenty two. Uh, Cavaliers. Big. Yeah, big you don't want to make you don't want to make that mistake in Virginia. In Virginia. No, you don't. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of great things happening. Obviously, National Signing Day today and uh, some not-so-great things happening in sports across the state. We'll talk about that one later, too. But since you did bring up the Titans, I did want to ask you if, uh, you, know, if you have any thoughts on what you've seen today and whether or not you have any insight on the veterans in the offensive backfield and their futures. 
in in Nashville? Well, I did get some odds sent to me, and right now the team that is the odds-on favorite to sign Derrick Henry for 2024, Titans. And, you know, Danico Autry was asked in the locker room, he's like, you know, because he's one of those guys whose uh, contract is up after this year, and he's like, I like it here. But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, he's having a career year. He's been at his best these three seasons in Tennessee. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes this off season. I, I'll say this, I, I, I get the feeling that they would like to see Derrick Henry cap his career here, but money always is the final deciding factor. Now that said, Derrick Henry has never been a guy to publicly make his contract an issue to make money an issue. And, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, sometimes I like to joke that he was Sabanized when he was at Alabama. Um, and, and when he talks about playing for the love of football, I truly believe that. I mean, that's just the feel and the vibe that he gives off. And then you see that he's taking kids from the Boys and Girls Club Christmas shopping on his night off last night. Uh, I mean, you know, this is a guy who, you know, I, I absolutely can see a path that he is a, a Titan next year. Maybe it's a two-year deal that's more front-loaded, that's more of a one-year deal. Uh, but, you know, at, you know, I could see a way of making him and Tajay Spears like Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard last year in Dallas you know, where he's the red zone threat. I mean, and, and Mike Grable made it very clear on Monday. They know what they need to do to put Derrick Henry in the best position, and that's giving him space to get into some room, i.e. not being tackled two yards behind the line of scrimmage. So if yeah. they can once and, for, once and for all fix this offensive line, then Derrick Henry is effective in this league. And with each touchdown, with each game, he has been doing things that put him in – some elite history, and when he, they, he topped the 9,000 yards earlier this season, he said, we're going to go past that Buckeye, and that was a royal we, and that Buckeye is Eddie George. That's the franchise leader, and with three games left, it's tough to see him getting to 10,000 this year. That kind of indicates the potential for next year, so stay tuned. My Magic 8 Ball isn't telling me the answer, and neither is Mike Brabel. <laughs> Well, we appreciate your insight and and thought process. I, I agree with you. I don't. I, again, we've said it on this show a number of times. Derrick Henry is not more valuable to any other franchise in the NFL than he is to the Titans, just with the way that they want to play football. So, I feel like that is a again the odds-on favorite probably is Tennessee as long as the money makes sense. So. Looking forward to the, Go Yeah, ahead. Chris, they've got the most cap space in the NFL next year. That gives them some capability, flexibility to make something happen. <laughs> Financial flexibility. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> we are familiar with that phrase. And, uh, <laughs> no yeah. doubt. But always looking forward to, to, obviously, tomorrow night, Memphis and Jaws return to the Bluff City on the hardwood, at least. And... Again, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon, Teresa. Thank you for taking time. Sounds good. And don't forget, Vanderbilt visits the Memphis Tigers on Saturday afternoon. And if Presbyterian and other teams are doing to Vanderbilt what they've done to Vanderbilt, I am not looking forward to what those Tigers are going to do to the Commodores on Saturday. It could be. 
I don't think Jerry Stackhouse is looking forward to it either. Yeah, no, I don't know how he could be. <laughs> yeah. So. When Memphis visited uh, Memorial Gym last year to open the season, it was really, really hot in that gym. I think Penny's going to remember that. They, they, were, they were almost needing IDs to get through that game. So there could be a little bit of payback there, just, just a little, little bit, as much as Penny and Stack respect each other. Just saying. That's going to be the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> right there. That'll be the fun part. But uh, Teresa, as always, we appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Take a break. When we come back, we've got a few topics we'll try to get to as quickly as we can. Not necessarily rapid fire, but there are several topics we need to more get. More rapid. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to it in just a moment here on Wild and Wacky Wednesday on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow and Mo Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday. Some Pac-2 news. Is our friends in the Pacific Northwest have found a temporary home outside of football and baseball. Oregon State and Washington State will become affiliate members of the West Coast Conference, according to CBSSports.com's Matt Norlander and Dennis Dodd. This will happen for 24-25 and then 25-26 seasons. Find this to be, for men's and women's basketball, this is, this is a positive. I think this gives this gives them a couple of teams, two or three different teams that that will help elevate the net, et cetera. So I think the bigger thing is it gives them a schedule and the schedule that that certainly helps as well. But there are there are probably worse conferences you could have played in even geographically nearby. Right. I mean, you know, even the Mountain West. Would have get sure you have San Diego State, but outside of that, Mountain West is kind of a meh basketball conference. Mm-hmm. The WCC gives you St. Mary's, Gonzaga's, USF, St. Mary's. <laughs> but I mean, it just it's it's clear that you know that you could see them finding a home in a a place where they really needed to find a home, and that's. Olympic sports and then men's and women's basketball. This bifurcated conference move by OSU and Wazoo is believed to be unprecedented in college sports history. Then again, so is the collapse of a 108-year-old league. Um, the deal was quietly negotiated in the past few weeks by WCC Commissioner Stu Jackson, who has a lifelong basketball background and was hired away from the Big East in April after nine years with that league. Is that the Stu Jackson, the former New York Knicks coach, and other such things as that. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Wow, it's a heck of a get for them. He became the commissioner in this, March of twenty-three. Yeah, officially this, this took year. over in April, and. According to this this story from Sports Illustrated, and take that as you will, <laughs> Cole Forsman, the listed author, says that you know they were aggressively pursuing adding basketball schools. Again, take that as you will. Stu Jackson's a 1978 graduate of Seattle University. Worked in the league office on two different stints. Um, President and GM of the Vancouver Grizzlies. Coached at Wisconsin and the Knicks. So he is a Pacific Northwest guy. Um, from a personal standpoint, that's big. I, I didn't realize he was out there. That's that's going to be great for that conference, I would think, and as will this. 
Yeah, you know, when you add and, and you know, money aside, when you add brands such as you know Washington State and Oregon State to a conference that has not had a lot of you know recognizable brands outside of Gonzaga, St. Mary's, I think it it adds some validity to that you know to that conference to that schedule. I think that's going to help their their kin palm and their nets mm -hmm. and, and all of the things that that tournament committees are looking at and then on top of that you got to think that there's probably some television money that can or, or television assets to help the WCC now again how many times have we heard the WCC plays in gyms, not arenas. And, but when you elevate to this level with the, with the, the assets and the equipment that Oregon State and Washington State bring, I feel like the, you know, the WCC is going to elevate its, its level of play. Gonzaga, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Loyola Marymount, St. Mary's, Portland Pacific, and Pepperdine are your current West Coast Conference basketball members. And this is the perfect scenario for, for the Pac-2, right? I mean, they've got football scheduling with, with Mountain the Mountain West. West, and they've got everything else. Except baseball. And Oregon I, State baseball is a... Is a it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh -huh. I mean, they won a national title what three or four years ago. It's not been that long. Well, they they and they are perennial. Yes, national title contenders. Yeah, and I mean, they were a thing. They forced Oregon to add baseball, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, so it's. I'll be really so curious I guess what gonna, happens there. I think baseball is baseball not Mountain West. Maybe. That's kind of the impression that I got. I don't know that, but um. but again, this is this is best case scenario for Oregon State. Okay, in, in baseball, Oregon State is a strong enough program that it intends to play as an independent in the near term. Sources said, with Washington State doing the same. Wow. Yeah. Independent baseball. How many of those are there? Two. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess because since Notre Dame is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, for right? Baseball. They're in the ACC for baseball, so I, I'm. That's an interesting concept because who do you play from? Which I guess they could play midweek games, but well, you can you play? can find you can find conferences that have an odd number of teams and, yeah. and play weekend. Series two, probably. If those and teams don't want off weeks. Well, once they start um, conference play, they would probably prefer not to have an off week. But I mean, and, and the opportunity to get Oregon State, particularly if you can get Oregon State to come to your place, is probably a good get. So I don't know. I, I think scheduling will obviously be interesting, but I, I'm... I'm trying to see who baseball independents are and struggling to do so. I can't imagine there 
are many, if any, mm -hmm. because again, how do you have, how do you schedule opponents from January or not from January from, from what? Mid March, March April, mm -hmm. March, April. Mm -hmm. That feels like it would be difficult to do. And, and you certainly can't play series. Uh, I would assume. Mm -hmm. So are you going to pitch your ones against their midweek starters? I mean, is the committee going to take that into consideration when you're talking about getting a bid to the NCAA tournament? That's good. Question. I mean, Oregon State might be 34 and two by the you know what I mean by the end of the year because they're pitching their their ones and twos against guys who are not ones and twos. Right. So hmm. I I don't know. I'm just uh, thinking out loud here. Hmm. I'll be it, curious to see how that plays out. It looks as if Hartford was the only Hartford. independent. That is not the independent you want either. I'm assuming that's Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. That's four and, not. Four and 33 Hartford. Well, I, I mean, yeah. we're not talking about Oregon State here. No. So this is This is going to be the most, that will be the most intriguing part of all of is who can Oregon State and Washington State particularly get to come to their place on a weekend that they were scheduled to have off for a two or three game set? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just two games. Maybe you still get the Sunday off and you know, or, or whatever. And maybe they don't want those off weeks. Like you said, it, it, it may be better because you've got starters who you don't want to have two weeks off. Right. So they could work out. I don't know. I'll be really interested to see how. That goes. Yeah. All right. So much for rapid fire. Anything <laughs> because we are out of time. It's a good second. That, that was, that was, a, that was a good conversation though, because I really feel like this one is, is really interesting. So, and, and, and I don't know if you've noticed my, I, I used that picture you sent me. It's my, <laughs> I, I did notice. <laughs> so the, the pack two big, big pack two supporter here uh, in, in me. Folks, so. can can you can you throw it up? Uh, I don't know if I can throw it up or not. Um, let's see here. No, I can't. Oh, that's but unfortunate. It is a it is a really cool photo. Yeah, I don't know and I don't know where it came from, but I saw that and I, I appreciate you sending that to me because my friend Joe in Oregon and that's his Twitter handle Joe in Oregon eighty seven <laughs> underscores. No, just just Joe, in Joe in Oregon eighty seven. Huh? So he. He uh, he's also using it. So when I see his tweets come up on my timeline, I think it's me. <laughs> it's just a little difficult, but that's yeah. okay. But uh, yeah, looking forward to to seeing what happens with the pack too, and, and I'm certainly supporting all those folks there. So, all right, we do not have Terry. Uh, yes, we do. We have Terry now. So we have we'll Terry take now. Take a break, and when we come back, Terry McCormick on the other side. Stick around.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in to the Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bar and Joint. Live from the Lee Company studio, it's time now for your daily Titans report, as we have Terry McCormick coming your way. Terry, what's up? Well, it is your daily Titans report, and it's powered, as always, by Zen Sports. Guys, there were 14 guys, I think we counted, that were missing from practice today. 14 including Will Levis and Jeffrey Simmons. So uh, some big names there at the uh, top of the list of the missing. And then uh, there was one guy, though, that was back for the first time all season today. Caleb Farley was on the practice field wow. and doing some drills. So he has been opened up into his window, uh, the 21-day window, to be looked at and see if he can return for any action over the final three weeks. They can activate him from that anytime, or they can just, you know, stash him on injured reserve. He's currently on the physically unable to perform list. You know, obviously, Caleb Farley has dealt with things far deeper than football mm -hmm. this season. And so to to have him back and, and see him on a football field, no matter his physical status or ability mentally has has got to be a positive for him and, and and i'm really excited to see uh, to see that young man he he is he's been through it since he got here and well before he got here coming off the injury mm -hmm. and so it's uh it's been a tough three years for that young man and and, and hopefully we can see him uh, find a place with this organization yeah that would be great i mean i don't know that he's going to be able to come back and give them anything this year. Obviously, you know, there's not much to play for other than, you know, just getting back and saying that you were out there. If he if he's able to do that, I think that would be great. But I think the bigger goal for Caleb Farley is to continue to rehab, to continue to get that back stronger again so that come next season when training camp opens, he can go out and compete for a spot on this roster. Uh, something that he's, you know, really not been able to do because of the uh, torn ACL and now the back surgery. So certainly uh, a lot on the line for him. And, you know, as media, we don't you know, we try not to get caught up in rooting for for people and teams and things like that. But you can't help but wish this guy well in, in his uh, efforts to return. Absolutely, Terry. Um, Terry, this next two or three weeks for this franchise and this fan base is going to really be um, different, I think. And and you can kind of tell just from looking around on social media and that kind of thing, how different it is and, you know, how out of character it is for this team to, I mean, even last year when they missed the playoffs, 
they still had a shot right up to that final game of the of the season in week 18. But you, you know that you don't have anything to play for. And it's, you know, what what is the approach going to be? Nobody really knows outside of the organization. I'm sure they've got an idea, but you don't know what the approach is. And no approach is going to go down well with this fan base, whether you're trying folks out, whether you're still trying to win, whatever it is, everything is an irritant to this fan base because they're not used to not playing for postseason competition. You know, how does everybody go about kind of getting their arms around the current state of this franchise? Well, I mean, I think Vrabel's going to have them playing hard. And, and honestly, you're looking to see something from guys. You're looking to see who wants to be here, who still is giving it 100%, who fits into what role. Uh, you know, you know, there's like 16 free agents. You, you know, you can't let all of them walk away and not re-sign any of them. Even if you do have close to $100 million in cap space, you're still going to have to keep a few of these guys around. I think, you know, trying to discern who that is and, and who that isn't, uh, will be one thing that happens over these next three weeks. And I think that's something that the coaching staff will no doubt evaluate. And I think that's something that maybe the fans can kind of get, you know, immerse themselves in. If they're looking, if they're diehard fans of this team, you want to see Dylan Radens give you something that gives you hope that he can man the right tackle position so you don't have to sign somebody else. You want to see if an Aziz Alshire can uh, continue to play at a halfway decent level and give you, you know, a linebacker spot that you don't have to fill in the off season. You want to start to see maybe something from, uh, you know, some of these other guys, you know, I mean, I know Brable said today that if Levis can't go, that Tannehill would be the guy uh, going forward, uh, you know, to be starting at quarterback. But, uh, you know, a lot of people almost think it would be better to take a look at Malik Willis one last time and see if there's anything there, if he could be, QB2 going into next year. I happen to think that, you know, with such a young starter and a backup who doesn't have a whole lot of experience either, I think you got to go out and get a veteran and bring him in. But, you know, who knows? They may think differently. They didn't have a veteran backup on the roster when Tannehill got hurt and it wound up costing them. So there are still some things that, you know, I think as fans, you you know, if you're really entrenched in this team, there's some guys you want to see something from over these final three weeks so that you can make, kind of make a judgment of yay or nay, this guy needs to be in the plans or not. I think it's interesting that you mentioned Dylan Radin's going to right tackle. It really feels like he's going to end up being our right guard in the future. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know, but he's he's played really well at that position. And if Jalen Duncan ends up being a swing tackle, he could play right tackle if you get a left tackle that can that that can fill that role. Yeah, I mean, it, there's still a lot to be settled on this offensive line. I don't sure. think your left tackle next year is on the roster. No. I don't think <laughs> I don't think your starting centers on the roster either. I think you've got to go dip into the free agent waters and. Try to do what you did when you brought in Kevin Mawai, when you brought in Ben Jones. Both of those guys were really good signings who lasted multiple years, studied the play of the offensive line, really knew what was going on. I think you got to go find another guy like that 
to anchor the middle of the line. Draft no pressure the there. Go find another Kevin Mawai. Go find another Ben Jones. Yeah. yeah no pressure. Okay. Yes. Right. Sure. No problem. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's a tall ask, but you know, <laughs> centers can be found in free agency, and that's so, true. You know that that's an area where you can, and then at right guard, you you mentioned Raidens. I think, you know, the right side of the line, maybe you don't break the bank in free agency for that. Maybe you bring in guys to compete, like you did when you brought in Chris Hubbard. Maybe you let Dylan Raidens, uh, Daniel Brunskill. Calvin Throckmorton, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, uh, and Jalen Duncan. Maybe you let those guys battle it out for those guard and tackle spots there, and you know, may the best man win. Yeah, I mean, taking Brewer and putting him back in in, in a position he's a little more, you know, comfortable with, and built for, and built for probably helps. So that that's an interesting thought process too. I, I don't hate any of it. I think we just, you know, you just got to kind of hope you can, ho- hope you can find somebody to get the left tackle solidified and then find a center somewhere. That is Absolutely. Those are the two big issues on this line. The rest of it, you can kind of figure out. But those are the two most important positions on the line, and the Titans are, are deficient at both. And and you just hope that nobody else loses any playing time as a result of it. As it sure. as it appears that Will Levis is likely to do this weekend at least. So Yes. I mean it you know, there's still a chance he could play, but you know, if he's not up to you know, if he's not close to being ready, why risk it? There you go. All right, Terry, you've got some News to share with about Zen Sports? I do. This Thursday night for Thursday Night Football, make your first $50 straight bet on the game, and if the bet loses, you will receive a $25 no-danger wager for Saturday's games. And now here's more about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. 
folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Christian Mopatton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday, and uh, we did mention earlier that it is National Signing Day, Early Signing Day, National Early Signing Day. I don't know what it's called. It's December Signing Day, or Signing Day for the December Recruiting period. Yeah. This is for football. I don't like it. Hmm? I don't like it. I don't like, like it. I, I, I don't like it, but it is certainly necessary. It is because <clears throat> kids, you know, getting enrolled early is becoming a thing. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. There's just a lot going on in this time. Mm -hmm. But since it's happening, might as well take advantage of it. And folks that, Middle Tennessee State were kind enough to share with us the two o'clock press conference Derek Mason held today. So we're going to show you that now and see what Coach Mason had to say. Good. All right, everyone, uh, welcome to our signing day press conference. Uh, before I bring up Coach Mason, uh, just want to let you know he'll he'll come up and give an opening comment about uh, the class, uh, then open it up to any questions you may have. Um, I want to remind those that, that are on um, on Zoom, just raise your hand and we'll get to you as soon as we can. So uh, to get it all started, I'd like to bring up the head coach, Derek Mason. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, thank you for joining us uh, here today for our uh, 2024 Blue Raider uh, football signing class uh, here in December. Extremely excited about this class. This class um, it features you know 20, 23 young men who are uh, we feel gifted, athletically talented, academically you know capable of having success here uh, at MTSU. And as as this um, group, or as we put together this group feel strongly about what our coaches did. Uh, I've been here now uh, two weeks. <laughs> and if you talk about uh, what we had to do as a staff, you know, assemble a staff, um, hit the ground running, blitz uh, the mid-state area, canvas uh, the southeastern region to be able to put together this class. I feel really good about what this class uh, looks like. I think it's long. I think it's athletic. I think it's explosive. Uh, it touches offense, defense, special teams, uh, from the quarterback position to, I mean, what we're looking for in 
um, and defensive linemen to what we need to be on the back end. I think this class uh, really embodies uh, what we want to be moving forward. I mean, as you look at uh, our roster as it is right now intact, being able to come in with 23 guys uh, like today puts us much closer to where we want to be as we, you know, take our uh, current roster and blend it with um, and some guys who are uh, extremely talented as well. Okay, I'm going to push this program forward. Now, you know, as I take a look at this class, I, I, I look at um, some things that we really wanted to focus on. We wanted to focus on speed, uh, height, length, athleticism, physicality. Physical toughness, physical tough and intelligent was what we talked about uh, as a staff, okay, in terms of identifiers, but we also wanted to make sure that we got dominant traits, okay, and those dominant traits transfer to the football field. So uh, I'm excited about this group. Again, okay, we have mid-state area of players. We have players from, uh, you know, southeastern uh, United States. We've got players from in and around, you know, in our area, uh, an abundance of players from Georgia. I think man, we've been able to get some of the finest high school talent, uh, you know, as you look at our roster, and then you couple that with being able to get some portal impact players, as well as some um, physical, talented, uh, and long junior college players. This, this is this is the model for us, and this early signing period uh, showed that we can uh, push ourselves in the idea that in order to go places we've never been, we have to do things we've never done. So to sign a class of 23 today uh, means something. It's a first here for a December class, and it won't be the last, but it is definitely my first class, the foundation for which uh, MTSU football is going to be measured as we move forward. So with that, I'll open it up to questions. Coach, how did you go about when you came in uh, identifying, you know, the types of players from, I assume, an existing big board that, that the staff there on, on hand already had that, that you wanted to go for moving forward for this class? Yeah, I, I think you always look at your own roster first. We had to look at our roster and the portal uh, guys um, who had entered and figure out exactly, okay, where are our numbers? Because you could just go recruit guys just to recruit guys and your numbers get out of whack, you know, real fast. I thought we did a really good job being intelligent about looking at our roster, looking to manage our roster, saying, okay, for, for the schemes that we want to play and the things that we want to do, okay, how do guys on our current roster fit and where are our gaps, right? And I thought uh, in addressing that, we, we became pointed and very, very calculated about uh, where we wanted to go, who we wanted to recruit, old, young, portal. And this, this, this December signing group really reflects, uh, you know, where our needs are. And we're not done yet but it really reflects where we needed to go and what we needed to address. You know what, to be honest, I think we had three commits. So I'd say 20, 20, 20 of those guys were guys that we targeted, again, because schemes are different. Okay, I mean, a little bit. Um, you know, what we want to be may be a little different than what we've been offensively. Um, just wanting to have balance and run and pass and what we do. We want to push the ball down the field. But 
is if I can get into specifics just a little bit, we have we have one of the best returning quarterbacks in my mind, okay, been in, in Conference USA. And what we were able to do was add um, competition, athleticism, and really uh, just, just just the football acrimony uh, piece as everybody's getting ready to go through something new in that room. Your quarterback room's got to be as good as any room like today because you got you you never know what happens throughout a season. So I think we upgraded that room uh, in terms of like the depth and the level of competition. So when you have something that's great, okay, man, and you add to it, man, you feel like like your team gets better because that position is so important, right? So that's just one example of just uh, letting people know when you look at the size, the athleticism uh, that goes on. We understand that we've got one of the best here, but we wanted to add to that room to make sure that we can like be great. And I think as we move through um, talking about these guys, that's what you'll see throughout. Coach, in today's world of college football, how do you determine if you want to go get a high school guy out of position or maybe go get a more experienced guy out of the portal for that same position? Um, it's really a combination of how you manage your roster. So that's why I said from the beginning, as you talked about uh, the idea of, you know, how do you decide junior college, uh, portal, um, high school? To me, we're never going to dip below the standard, right? So the standard is the standard. But what you want to look at, too, is you don't want to log jam at the top with uh, veteran players, and all you're doing is adding portal guys to uh, a group man, that has maybe, you know, four, four, three or four guys there. There's a log jam at that position, and now everybody gets disgruntled. We wanted to make sure that we, we could provide solid depth, okay, to make sure we can compete. And, and so when you looked at, you know, the high school talent, we are a developmental program. So you always want to take top high school talent. What we did with junior college and portal guys is address needs either via the, port, I mean, via the portal, okay, and exits that we have from our program, and or I mean, guys that we felt we needed a little more maturity at the position. We know we lost two offensive tackles, right? So, I mean, we're still, okay, in that vein of making sure, I mean, that we like, hit our mark, okay, with older guys, but understanding that we need young depth in terms of developmental players to make sure we can get from where we are to where we want to go. Uh, on Zoom, we have a question from uh, Chip Walters. Hey, Derek. Um, give me a little football one-on-one these days. You've signed 23 today. What are you allowed to do numbers-wise when it comes to February? Yeah, um, good question, Chip. And by the way, happy holidays as we move, that, as we move in that direction. Um, you know, we, we look – we looked at uh, our signees and we said, okay, after we got through the roster management piece and started to look at how many we could sign, we felt like it was extremely important to, again, not dip below the standard and not find ourselves being poached on the back end of recruiting because that's really what happens. So, I mean, as we looked at it, um, I, I, don't, I don't want to give you the definitive number, but I'm going to say the issues, right? So we signed 20 ish or 20 something like players today um our our, our roster cap is obviously 85 scholarship um, and players we have um right around 10 ish or so availability spots 
for February, which makes it a lot easier to target, okay, the guys that we need to go after and, and really build relationships from when we start January 1st, okay, to, to really that last recruiting weekend, you know, as you bump into February and go towards the signing day. So, like, to me, having 10-ish spots and being able to identify exactly who those guys are, how we build those relationships, and that's classified from portal to junior college to high school. Um, so we'll be looking at some early visits in January to address some needs, but that's not a lot of players. And I think that's the great place or great spot that we're in right now because, again, we don't want to get poached on – on the back end of recruiting and find ourselves dipping below the line to take somebody who doesn't fit what we do or really can't play at this level. Chris Harris on Zoom. Oh, Chip, you go ahead. I think we got a good bit down the road. I think there, there's some young men that we're evaluating uh, or have evaluated and started relationships with, you know, now um, that, well, the relationships were started as we were, you know, building this class. And now what we have to do is, is finish those relationship pieces because as we're talking about older players or maybe even some junior college players, uh, like in that realm, we, we want to do our homework and understand that they fit who we are. It's important. That's Derek Mason, head football coach at Middle Tennessee State. He feels really good about this class. 23. It's a lot. 23 in December. But they had a ton hit the portal. 17, I think. And so. you're no longer capped at 25 to a recruiting class. You can go out and sign, you know, scholarship for scholarship. Whatever you've lost, you can replenish. So, so. On top of the seniors who left, the transfers who dipped out, mm -hmm. he, can, he can go get – enough guys whatever it takes. plus what he's got there that adds up to 85 like you said yeah. so, so that that's that, that's that's really impressive to get you know to kind of get a big chunk it's a good start out of the way right now so impressed with what he's been able to do already in such a short amount of time be looking forward to seeing how february works out for coach mason mm -hmm. we're going to take a break when we come back joe sullivan he did make it I knew he would on time instead of so that's that's great mm. i'm looking forward to talking to joe we'll be right back with him after this mid-tennessee bone and joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net with lee company technology the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris, yeah, Mo Patton on this wild and wacky Wednesday. We are on the downhill slide to the end of the week to Christmas Eve Eve on Saturday. And what a week it's going to be. A lot of high school basketball happening. This is this is one of the best times for high school basketball because the, the, these holiday classics are a blast. You can go watch Literally watch basketball from 9.30 in the morning if you want to until 10 o'clock at night. It is, uh, it is if you so desire, truthfully <laughs> one of the most wonderful times of the year in the high school basketball world. A few years ago, <clears throat> I went to like five games in a day. I'm tipping. At like four different places. That, I feel like that would be a cool story. Especially now with like video, like video you know, documentation of that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. about that next year. Be cool. But while high school basketball is in full swing, college basketball is as well. And we're going to talk with Joe Sullivan, who is owner and operator of NashvilleHoops.blog. Joining us now. What's up, Joe? Hey, so first I got to say the the uh, the measurement of a true uh, basketball nut is five live games in one day. So Mo, you, uh, you, you're, you're among us, uh, as by, by admitting that you did that, uh, certainly a nut. That's for sure. (laughs) um, Joe, did you go to Memorial last night? I was there, uh, way up high Mm -hmm. and looking down at the small crowd and, uh, Oh, were you at the crow's nest? Yeah, I was. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it is uh, if I 
I, I, I've been uh, meaning to text a Vanderbilt season ticket holder. I know, and, and I haven't done it yet today, but I will before the day is over. He wasn't there last night. I could tell. I know where he sits, and sometimes I've even gone down and sat with him during games. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I just want to know where his, what is where his mind at is at with this team uh, because that uh, that was not good, and I think it's the. Uh, what is surprising about it is they did a great defensive job on Western Carolina, who's a good team. And uh, Woolbright, Traverius Woolbright is one of the best mid-major players in the country. They did a good job on him until the last possession when Tyron Lawrence like just waved at him as he went right to the basket for the winning points. Uh, man, you got to like get in front of him or foul him or something. And I think that's... That, that plays an example of what's missing with this team that the, uh, you know, either it's effort or it's uh, just rising to the occasion uh, in this game. You know, I don't think I'm almost being too optimistic. This is not an SEC competitive roster. In my opinion, it just isn't. They could be the worst team in the SEC. Most people I don't projecting that. Yeah, I don't think anybody is nobody's arguing that disagreeing <laughs> with you on that. Yeah. That's you know, that's kind of the sad part of it, you know, um, because traditionally basketball is what Vanderbilt has hung its hat on. And mm -hmm. so when that's gone, now obviously baseball over the last 15, 20 years has emerged, but basketball has always been kind of the constant for Vanderbilt. And, you know, when you when you see the pictures that we saw of the seating areas in Memorial Gym last night that were circulating, they had less than 6,000 people there, you know, for Western Carolina. And the other 9,000 that didn't show up were, were kind of vindicated with the 63-62 overtime loss. But I, I don't know where... Vanderbilt goes from here, and I, I think that's the concern of a lot of people. Yeah, I think the season's over. It really just a. Uh, I'm not sure what a Vanderbilt fan can look forward to. Maybe, you know, maybe watching the younger players play. Carter Lang, the center, who looks like he has some talent. Uh, uh, Rivera Torres, the other person in the crowd likes him. Get. Did I botch his name? I'm, I hope not. Uh, it is, uh, I think that's the way Vanderbilt team, it, fans have to look at it because this team's not going anywhere. It's, uh, and look, last night, at one point, it looked like they were going to get blown out. They were down 12 in the first half. And then Ezra Manhone uh, really brought the team back by himself, just like driving to the basket and getting fouled or scoring. And he brought them back. But then at the end, they they had a key possession where they had the lead in the ball, and he threw the ball away. Uh, just can't do it. And uh, these are seems the, the types of plays that haunt this team. Uh, and to think, you know, Mo, I take you're you're absolutely right about Vanderbilt and what it, basketball, what it used to represent. They've lost home games to Presbyterian and Western Carolina. Does that say it all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> It's funny because we, we've said this now for whatever reason. We have, we've never said it on this show until 
we heard it two weeks ago, but Vanderbilt really is what their record says it is. Yeah, it's true. And and it's and it's kind of frustrating, you know, because we lobbied pretty hard for Vanderbilt to get an NCAA tournament bid last year, which I still think they deserved. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that Vanderbilt fans have to look forward to this year is exactly what I told you last night, is ruining someone's season. Yeah. And and they will. I mean, because... Oh, there's no question. Because where this Vanderbilt team is right now, to lose to them is not a good loss. No, it's a bad loss. It's like losing to Presbyterian. Right. And so they are going to be spoilers if they are willing to embrace that role because that's all they're going to be is screwing things up for other folks. Yeah. How does Jerry Stackhouse fix this going forward if given the opportunity? Boy, it's it's interesting what you, the last thing you said, given the opportunity. I mean, I, 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 I just, I'd be surprised if they fired him. Uh, I, uh, I'm not connected well enough. I have to be honest to say whether I have a, uh, any inside info on that. Uh, I wish I did. Um, so I, I think the roster needs an overhaul and, and, and in this day and age, uh, you can do that. And, uh, I know it's harder at Vanderbilt is the, uh, you know, there are academic requirements that are uh, more difficult than other schools. Uh, but, it just, you know, he's got to reach into the portal, I think. Keep the young players that show potential here and then, and then reach into the portal for some new ones. I mean, but uh, his, his best players came out, came out of the portal. You know, Manjong is his best player. Mm-hmm. It's still just four or five kids, though. It's not like a football team where you've got to have 25 good ones right. that can get into school. You just need four. Yeah. But it's got to be the right it's four, be the though, right too. Four. I mean, you can't just go in the portal and get anybody. Yeah, you've got to go get some Lee and Robbinses. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, they're out there. I mean, there will be sure. uh, there'll be players available. So uh, it's, and, uh, and, you know, uh, look at, for example, Providence last night. Uh, you know, they, they, they beat Marquette. Now, he didn't play that well last night, but their best player, Hopkins, is a transfer from Kentucky. There's a guy that could come in and really make a big difference. And he went to Providence, for goodness sake. He can come to Vanderbilt, right? There you go. One would think. <laughs> and, and, and I think what's got to be doubly frustrating for Vanderbilt fans is seeing guys who have left Vanderbilt and going elsewhere and being keys to successful teams like, you know, Dylan DeSue out of Texas and, and different situations like that. Yes. The talent that is lo- that they've lost and 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 you think of how impactful they would be had they stayed and and what was it that forced them to leave and that kind of thing so there's there's just a lot at Vanderbilt and if you really want to torture yourself you think of Bryce Drew at uh, Grand Canyon and what he's done out there uh you know they've had two NCA bids and not only that we talk about Memorial as an atmosphere last night the atmosphere at Grand Canyon home games I don't know who's aware of this, but it's fantastic. You know, they sell out and the fans are really crazy. Uh, and he's been quite a success out there. And, uh, you know, did they pull the trigger too quick with him? Did they pull the trigger too quick? I mean, he clearly was not terribly successful here, but I mean, why? Why? 
Well, the big injury, the big injury. I mean, you know, Garland, what, uh, I I don't forget the specific injury, but, you know, he had a first round NBA draft pick on his roster that got hurt. And uh, that didn't help. No, it didn't didn't help, but I've never understood how. No, it didn't help. I've never understood how it hurt so badly. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it is a team game. It's, a, it's just one player, right? It's yeah. kind of like Cameron Weston, though, with Middle mm-hmm. Tennessee State. They went from a team that can win Conference USA to to a team that can't score forty points in a ball game. Joe, whose loss was worse last night, <laughs> Tennessee State's or MTSU's? <sighs> wow. Uh, so, which? So, give me the choice again. It's Middle Tennessee. TSU or, and MTSU. Oh, uh, yes, Middle Tennessee's loss is worse. You know, Tennessee State uh, actually led the game with eleven, a little bit over eleven minutes left to go at Indiana State, and it kind of just fell apart in the last part of the game. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's no comparison actually. But uh, even though the final score looked really bad for uh, Tennessee State. Uh, uh, had that on in the press box at, up in the uh, crow's nest while I was watching Vanderbilt in between, trying to keep track because they because Tennessee State was in the game. That's why I put it on my <laughs> laptop. Uh, but they couldn't sustain it. Uh, Tennessee State is a riddle. Uh, they seem to have periods of play. Indiana State's really good, by the way. They're probably the best team in the Valley. And uh, they played with them for uh, 30 minutes. So you see that happen, and you, you see the possibilities. And then for the last 10 minutes, they completely fell apart, and you see that, and there's too much of that. So, I, you know, Penny's got to somehow get this team to play better for more extended periods of time. Well, keep there. him on the floor. You can't foul out three guys. That's, yeah, right. right. That, that, that's going to get you beat more times than not, especially against a team like Indiana State, who when they get to the stripe, they're going to knock it down. Yeah. Was it 40 foul shots, I think? something. 31 of 40 last night. You yeah, they had 40 attempts. Yeah. So it, 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 that's, that's the thing, though. Genesee State, at full strength, has the ability to play with anybody at the mid-major level. They just have to be uh, disciplined enough and, and, and find, you know, find ways to, to win those ball games instead of finding ways to lose them. That's right, yeah. I think, you know, Penny's still optimistic, uh, you know, last time I talked to him, he talked about when we had our full roster against Portland, that was that that was a big road win for them. I mean, Portland's not a great team. They're probably in the bottom half of the WCC, but they stomped them. You know, the, the game, that was like the opposite. They, they, they beat them worse than the final score that night in Portland. So uh, uh, if I was a Tennessee State fan, I'd have reason for optimism, but I wonder if, it, if, if it's ever going to click. Is Robbie Avila, is that the real good kid at Indiana State? Yeah, so he's their big guy uh, who is, uh, you know, he's kind of got a little uh, belly. You know, it's like it looks like me. You know, it's, it's kind of got a little roll there, and he's got these goggles on. Uh, <laughs> and he, he looks like not like the guy who would be picked last at the park, uh, except he's like 6'10". And uh, he's, he's a very versatile player, pass, shoot. Uh, he does a lot for them, and uh, he helps make them go. It's uh, their coach has become a little bit of a phenomenon because they their their numbers, their computer numbers are off the charts in terms of like effective field goal percentage and uh, points per per hundred possessions. You know those kind of advanced metrics. 
they're 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 among the nation's leaders, Indiana State, in that. And uh, I read an interview with the coach recently who talked about uh, his uh, his offense, which he called uh, organized randomness. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> okay. so it's all conceptual. There are no set plays. We we take what the defense gives it, and he feels he has a group that can do that. Uh, and so, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing the one that come to Nashville to play Belmont. I think it'll be very interesting. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Um, meanwhile, middle. And, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Cam Weston ain't walking through that door. We talked about one injury with Bryce Drew. I mean, is, is that it? For middle, that's it. I think again, I think I see a season. I I just don't know how they're going to uh, salvage this season if they somehow begin to improve and maybe get to March and and uh, win the C USA tournament. Uh, I mean, that's that's the only thing that could salvage the season is something like that. I, I this is just an awful offensive team. I mean, uh, it, it, there's just no other way around it. it it's, scoring points for them is just elusive to say the least and uh uh their defense isn't as good as it was last year uh <clears throat> excuse me i don't have another coughing fit on your show like i did last year yeah <laughs> uh the uh our our, our young friend calvin white who uh, works for middle tennessee who covered them pointed this out to me the last time i was down there how they are allowing teams into the paint too easily which then either becomes layups or passes out for th- out to the edge for threes, it's it's not quite the same as it was last year. And uh, so I think now there's a recipe for disaster. You're not playing good defense and you can't play offense. And that's when you lose <laughs> 71 to 34. <laughs> that's Oof. exactly what happened. Yeah, that's yeah, and, and if you and if you're not good on offense, you've got to find a way to play better defense. And yeah. they're just not doing it at this point. And I you know I don't want to throw the, uh, I wonder how much new CUSA affected the mindset of Middle Tennessee State athletes, first in football, now in basketball. It's almost like they went into these seasons thinking, oh, well, we're, we're certainly going to run this league. We show up. We're good. Well, mm. still got to show up. And, and, the, and I just don't know. If maybe that's part of it, I, I just I, – because, again, when you're playing tougher competition, you seem to, you know, have a little bit more of a mindset of we've got to get better each and every day, and that seems to not be the case. Uh, Joe, real quick, Belmont tonight. Yes, sir. Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Yeah. Coming off a couple of big wins against uh, UAB and Louisville. This is yeah, a tough I, yeah, but Belmont at home really should uh, take care of business here. Uh, despite what happened Saturday in Birmingham against Sanford, that was uh, it was it's shocking. Ball, baby. Yes, it was shocking <laughs> how uh, how can I say this? I could get the right phrase for this. You know, uh, Sanford was just playing harder and really in, uh, imposing their will upon the game, how it was going to be played, and Belmont did not have an answer on Saturday. Sanford uh, plays pretty well, particularly at home. At P. Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a Southern Conference contender along with Western Carolina, and Furman, 
one of those, you know, one of those teams will probably come out of there. Uh, but it's just surprising to see uh, uh, Belmont really not able to fight back. I mean, uh, Kay Tyson got into foul trouble three in the first half, so he had to take him out. Uh, just for the record, I don't know if we discussed this. I'm against taking guys out with two in the first half. and uh, But he had to take him out with three, and then they just extended the lead. And then Tyson went crazy in the second half, but it, it just got too far behind, you know. There wasn't. There was no way they were coming back. They just made it look respectable. I'd like to discuss that more with you at a later <laughs> date, but but um, I'd, I'd like to see what your what your thought process is on it. But but yeah, Joe and Sullivan. That, and wait, Mo, and also fouling up three. We can we can discuss that. <laughs> yeah, we can discuss both those absolutely. Joe Sullivan, NashvilleHoops.blog, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Joe, thank you. Thank you, guys. Always fun. Have a great Christmas, and we will see you next Wednesday. And thanks, Justin. See you then. <laughs> All right. We take a break. When we come back, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We'll take a one-minute promo here, and then we'll be right back after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like... CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Oh, I the radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So, And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving... You gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone. All right, it is time for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world and in Florida, because that's where we're gonna start with Florida man. That's right. Florida man in Marion County, Florida, has found himself behind bars after he burglarized a man's home. Bruce Hudson, 38, was arrested Thursday and charged with burglary with assault or battery. Criminal mischief aggravated assault. You say assault or battery? Assault or battery. That's what it says. I've never heard that first. Uh, okay, good. I figure uh, you'd think you'd have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> Aggravated assault with the intent to commit a felony and larceny grand theft after an incident unfolded at a home in Umatilla. Umatilla? Mm -hmm. Umatilla. Umatilla. Like Uma Thurman. <laughs> Last week, according to an arrest affidavit, deputies responded to the home in 248 Terrace on Wednesday in reference to a possible burglary. The homeowner said an unknown man was walking in front of his house and asked him if he could have something to drink because he was thirsty. The victim invited the man into his house to grab some water, but the man asked for a beer. 
When he went back into the kitchen to get the beer, Hudson allegedly went to the man's bedroom and started going through his things. Good Lord. Hey, can't be. I, he let me in. Mm. It's not. It's, it's, at least he avoided the breaking and entering charge, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but the homeowner went outside to alert his neighbors and ask for help, and that's when Hudson allegedly grabbed a mallet-style hammer and ripped a hole in the wall, uh, shattered a glass end table, and threatened him with the hammer. I guess that's where the assault or battery. Or battery. Uh, but uh, he took a the, it, he took the homeowner's immigration papers, passport, laptop, iPad, three watches, and a gold ring. Golden ring. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. Mm. How are you? The guy was giving you a drink. But he didn't give him a beer. No, he was going to well, get him a beer. He was trying to get him a beer. Yeah. He was wow. going to give you the beer. After you just asked for something to drink. This guy. Man, I, it's you know not a wild whack. It's just, this, that's just, that's just pure. This is no good deed goes unpunished. Right. Man. Yeah, you know the moral of this story. I bet he won't get nobody else to drink. No, no. Nobody else is getting a beer from him. No, not, no. You go on, take that on down the road. So, that is. <laughs> That's unfortunate. That ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> we go now to a woman who went to Goodwill, bought a vase for $3.99, turned around, checking it out. She's like, oh, it looks kind of old. Let me... Look at that. Oh, I can see Murano and Italia on the base of it. Well, that's that's beautiful. It will go great with all the things in my house. Well, that's when the horse trainer come to find out, did a little research, and then sold the vase mm -mm. for $107,100. Considerably more than she paid for it. it just barely above tree fitting. Three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> it was three ninety nine. Three dollars and ninety nine cents. So she turned four dollars into, into one hundred and seven thousand and one hundred. Good for her. <laughs> That's a heck of a Good job. Good for her. You got. You got to. Did she at money. least give some of that back to Goodwill? I, <laughs> I paid them their four dollars. I don't know what you want. You know, make a donation. Something. Man, the folks at Goodwill just. Letting letting pieces slide through is <laughs> you yeah. got to be more careful. Yeah, maybe 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 Goodwill needs to get an antiques roadshow expert Just on staff case. or something. Yeah. yeah there you go. Hey, can you appraise this for us before we put it out for sale? Oh, oh man, thirty-five year old Denny Noah Betancourt tossed a smoke style firework into CVS on Stock Island, just east of Key West, last week. Two thirteen in the afternoon. Just open the doors and agent of chaos. Oh, he made a hasty getaway. I just want to see what would happen. He made a hasty getaway on his bicycle. As hasty a getaway as you can make on your bicycle, I guess. Despite the rush of the crime and likely the cocaine he was on. 
didn't take long for police to catch up to him and his bicycle. Uh, they asked him, and he they asked him what happened. He admitted to tossing the smoke bomb. He called it a prank. It's a simple misdemeanor charge, but unfortunately, he also had a gram of cocaine on him, which turned the arrest into a felony. Well, mm-hmm. he was just trying to have a white Christmas. That's all. This was in Florida also, right? You think he was? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's Florida man. It's Florida man. Okay. Oh, man. How about Florida woman? It is Christmas time after all. Well, let's talk about Shauna or Shana. Shana. I'm not sure. S-H-A-N-A. Shana. Could be. Mm-hmm. There's three ways to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going Shana. Uh, okay. Where's she at? Is she in Florida? <laughs> She's in Florida. This yes. is Florida Shana. woman. Ah, 39-year-old Shayna Hudson called police back in November and said, there's a Grinch on the loose. They have stolen all my presents. And so the community rallied behind Shayna Hudson and the Grinch and shop with a cop, which happened today in Columbia along with the American Legion, (laughs) took it upon themselves, the the detectives working the case (laughs) to donate new presents (laughs) to Shana Hudson. (laughs) Well, Hmm. during their investigation, Hmm. it turns out that the person who stole the gifts was Shana Hudson. She hid them (laughs) behind the washing machine and televisions under a bed sheet of one of the beds at a family member's house. So Shana has been arrested for fraud? Shana has been arrested for fraud, and she is uh, not going to have a great Christmas after all. So That is unfortunate for Shana, and I guess if she's got kids. Hmm. Oh, Shana. Oh, Shana. Yeah, she's going to be charged uh, carving up roast beast. This holiday season. What a tangle web we weave. <laughs> we first pre practice to deceive. So she's Shana. Been, she's been charged for fraud, false report of, of to law enforcement, and uh, we'll be watching Christmas <coughs> cartoons in the post. Oh man. Well that's gonna do it for our wild and wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We will be back tomorrow. We've got Coach's Corner. We've got Valer Shabilla, who's going to talk to us about some big soccer news from the Mid-State and more. Clarksville girls basketball coach Brian Rush. Sweet. Whose Lady Wildcats are 9-0. and uh, Well, behind Amari Berry, one would hope. <laughs> and yep. so we'll have him and more. Come back with us tomorrow on Main Street Sports Today. See you.